On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo-Daily, that champagne party, just how impromptu was it and what happens next? You know, I I think in fairness to those involved, um, it does appear to have been an impromptu event. Uh, It should not have happened. Um, It was wrong that it occurred. Um, uh, But it was, you know, it was 18 months ago at this stage. And, you know, perhaps... um, a further investigation is required, but um, I think it's important that we put in perspective too. I'm Siobhan Maguire and today I'm joined by two Irish independent journalists, Philip Ryan, political editor, and Fiona Sheehan, Ireland editor. And we're going to talk about that Department of Foreign Affairs party, which happened at a time when it was a no-fun zone for the rest of us. Did you, was- did you seek an investigation, further details? No, I didn't. You know, I clearly didn't think that was a good idea. Well, because I, you know, this was something that had happened. It was quite public because it was put up on social media. It was taken down. There was an acknowledgement of of wrongdoing, if you like. But I'm um, I'm told that that there was that 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 there was a need for follow up after that. Will you go before the Oireachtas Foreign Affairs Committee if you're asked to to answer further questions? Oh, I will, of course. Yeah, I mean, I've I'll always go before the Oireachtas Committee if they want to ask me about anything. Philip Ryan, just remind us of what happened and that fateful day in June 2020. Yeah, so uh, going back to June 2020, the the big news of the evening of June 2020 was the vote for the UN Security Council seat, which which Ireland secured, which was a great success. And we secured it uh, quicker than we, we expected to by getting it in the first round. And uh, the UN section, along with the Secretary General in the Department of Foreign Affairs, were naturally enough very proud of their achievements. And um, not long after the vote, um, the Secretary General posted a, a photograph on Twitter, um, which was himself and to the forefront. And in the background, there was around 20 uh, civil servants all enjoying what looked like uh, champagne. Uh, Moet and Chardon bottles are being, are, were said to have been opened. You can see at least three bottles of of. of um, on display. There, there's even a, a, a newborn baby featured in the picture. And, and this was put up on Twitter with the caption, we're walking on air now. And it, they were all celebrating and it was a lovely time for them. And then later that evening, a few people on Twitter pointed out, well, we're still in the middle of lockdown here, lads. That doesn't seem like a lot of social distancing going on. What's this all about? Um, at that stage, and it was just after midnight, the Secretary General took down the photograph um, and apologised to apologized to one Twitter user who had uh, raised concern. 
and that seemed to be it until just after Christmas this year and when Boris Johnson was in the middle of a lot of trouble for the various parties, various and many parties there seems to have been held in Downing Street. Some he attended, some he didn't. And and then did this store, this uh, picture got brought up going like, well, we did this very something very similar happened in Ireland and nothing was ever said about it. So we initially got a response from the DFA saying, oh, well, look, we just dropped our guard. We had a big success. Will you leave us alone? And the story got out. People saw the picture again. They were a little bit um, uh, annoyed about it. So a few hours after the story was published, the DFA um, apologized and said, oh, that we shouldn't have done it. And, and we're awful sorry. Then we've had we had days and weeks, really, of trying to find out what Simon Coveney's involvement was or wasn't in the in the, the party that was held in his own department in Ivy House uh, uh, in Dublin city centre. Initially, we were told, oh, he wasn't there. He was over in government buildings with Leo Radker looking at the vote. And then we were told, oh, he was in and out of the building during the day. But again, was he there during the party or not? And then finally, we were told that he was there for 10 minutes. He, he arrived about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes after that picture was taken. So at about quarter past 11 at night, he showed up to the party for, or to, to, the, to his office rather, for 10 minutes. He spoke to the staff who were still there, still working away. He said there was no sign of a party. Uh, and, and that's kind of where we are at now. We've He's faced a lot of questions over whether he, why he didn't launch any investigation or look into it further at the time. He has eventually, after three weeks of uh, this story being in the news, um, asked his, his current Secretary General to, to launch an investigation. And he also faced the prospect of being dragged before a foreign affairs committee, which they're meeting to, to discuss the matter. So that, that's where we are for the time being, uh, Siobhan. That's the thing, Fiona Sheehan, isn't it? I mean, it, it, there's kind of two um, aspects to this, that that while uh, DFA staff party, the rest of the country were under strict no fun rules. And then there's the issue of how impromptu it actually was. I mean, I don't know about you, but I certainly don't have a, a stash of, of Moe um, tucked away. Well, the Department of Foreign Affairs has got a fine uh, cellar down in the basement dating back to the days when this was the, the Guinness family's uh, townhouse, which is um, where it, it, the Ivy House derives uh, its name from. We're not, we're not suggesting in any way that the, the cellar was raided, but you know, perhaps this was, was brought in from a mere off-license in, in, in the neighbourhood. But like, it, it does strike one as, as double standards that, that basically you have a bunch of officials who even if you take it on face value and you say, oh, well, as the Department of Foreign Affairs statement said three weeks ago, there was a moment of happiness. Well, there was lots of moment of ha- moments of happiness during COVID-19 for lots of people. There were weddings, there were, there were baptisms, there were birthdays. And lots of people had to, to suspend those moments of happiness because of, of COVID-19 restrictions. There was lots of moments of sadness as well uh, for funerals that, that people couldn't, couldn't mourn collectively. So basically... Uh, while the, the the country was was suspending uh, its 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 normal uh, manner in which it it would mark significant events, here we have twenty officials who were basically thinking, "Well, we're, we're diplomats. We've got diplomatic immunity. Uh, the rules don't apply to us. We're not the little people." So that's the, the the way that that it looks. Um, you you are nobody is saying here that getting elected to the UN Security Council wasn't significant. However, I think the problem here is people in government 
particularly in, in the Department of Foreign Affairs and in government buildings, seem to be getting a bit overexcited about how exactly how significant this was to the nation. I'd say now, if you go out knocking on a few doors and canvassing in the next general election, uh, if you were Leo Varadkar and Simon Coveney and saying, well, we won a seat on the UN Security Council, they, they won't be getting too many votes uh, in, in return uh, for that. So yes, unilateral and bilateral relations uh, are extremely important to the nation, as as we you know we we've seen, for example, with with Trump and Brexit, uh, how damaging your your international relations and international reputation with other, with other countries, the impact that that can have uh, on on a country. But what we seem to have here is one law for the public at large, and another law if you're part of of an elite uh, with within government. This suggestion that this was an impromptu little gathering, there was lots of impromptu little little gatherings that, that took place around the country where people were fined either for organising them uh, or for attending them in the first place. There were fines being handed out by Garda Shiakana throughout 2020 and, and 2021 to enforce the, the public restrictions that were in place. But here we have a, a group at the heart of our government who seem to operate uh, under different rules. And, and that, that goes to the, the nub of this issue. The second issue that is, is coming to hand is the Minister for Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney, and his abject inability to deal with any controversies. Uh, we had the Catherine Zappone affair, which dragged on and on during the summer, largely speaking of his own making, because he had the opportunity, A, to handle it differently from, from the start, and B, to clean up the mess. But he actually he actually made it worse, and that dragged on, and that was damaging to the government. We now have, have this issue, which is now going on, by my count, for, for 20 days that apparently foreign affairs uh, are being asked about this. They now seem to be reverting back to the spin based upon the statement that they put out on the first day, which was these officials were in place to, to canvass for votes. The the UN Security Council seat was won on the first count, therefore they didn't need to lobby and therefore they had time in their hands. So they threw an impromptu champagne party. The third issue that, that is coming across quite forcibly now at, at this point uh, is the subservient attitude of senior members of this government who are democratically elected towards their senior civil servants. There was no action taken by Simon Coveney 19 months ago uh, on this matter. He has been very slow to take any action now, taking a whole three weeks to order an internal investigation. And even when he did order it, he didn't seem to want to make that public. Uh, because he didn't seem to want to upset his senior civil servants. It was quite revealing at the weekend that it, likewise Leo Varadkar, not wanting to upset the senior civil servants, actually came out and said, on the, on the 100th anniversary of the handing over of Dublin Castle and we as a nation attaining our, our sovereignty, to actually turn around and say, we only have authority over our political staff. We don't have authority over our civil servants is quite a remarkable statement for a guy who was supposed to be the anti-establishment candidate when he became Taoiseach uh, five, six years back. 
And that's the thing, Fiona. I mean, that interview that we heard um, Justin McCarthy on this week over the weekend with Leo Varadkar, I mean, it doesn't exactly instill confidence in how this whole issue is being dealt with. But the fact, that you don't, you, the fact that you don't know whether that was illegal, doesn't that underline the fact that there should have been or should be an investigation into it? Um, like I say, in terms of anything in relation to it being legal or not, you know, that, that, would, that would obviously be a matter, matter for the Gardaí, not a matter for the government. Well, then should the minister not have um, uh, reported it to the Gardaí? You know, I, I think... I, I, I think... We, you know, I think obviously that's. I suppose the the the, the implication there is is that in some way the, the minister is responsible for this. I, I don't think that's fair. You know, well, he's he in charge of the department, isn't he? Yeah, he, but he wasn't present. Uh, he had no role in organising it whatsoever. Um, and um, civil servants are politicians do not have the power or authority to discipline civil servants. So we 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 have authority over our political staff. Um, we don't have authority over um, civil servants. We have no power to. Um, reprimand them or discipline them. We don't. That's just the way our system works. That's actually the answer from the deputy leader of, of the country uh, to a question of, well, why why wasn't this uh, issue dealt with at the time? Why wasn't there an investigation? Why wasn't it, it reported to the Gardaí? He, he then goes on to talk about, you know, politicians not having, having any power. If he'd actually read ever the, I would think he should have, given that his power actually devolves from this, the Ministers and Secretaries Act, uh, going back to 1924, one of the most important statements on our attainment of our, our independence uh, as, as a nation and, and updated quite frequently since then, he would actually see that the, the minister and, and the collective government are responsible quote, for all matters concerning the Departments of State. So Leo Varadkar's suggestion that but really, this isn't a political matter. This is actually something for the civil servants to deal with. This is the entire point of him being elected in the first place. He is the democratically elected member of, of this government. It is his responsibility. It is his responsibility to deal with this, not to just leave it off to, to a bunch of, of civil servants. And that is what has, is what has been most unsatisfactory about the answers uh, here. The, the nod and wink mentality, the meekness in the face uh, of behaviour by civil senior civil servants that was unsatisfactory. Simon Coveney coming out saying, oh, well, they're hugely embarrassed and, and they're, they're abjectly humiliated and so on. It's terribly embarrassing what's happening, happened here. That's all very nice. But that doesn't wash for people who end up uh, being fined for COVID restric- restrictions or ending up down, down the district court or the circuit court uh, on, on, on any uh, form of wrongdoing. The, the government's response to this has actually spoken more widely beyond just just this issue about what we about the manner in which the nation is now set up and the system is set up. And this is from Leo Radker, a guy who who let's remember was the man who attained quite a considerable reputation within his own party, which you can directly. Uh, lead towards him becoming Taoiseach because he was seen to be the man who was standing up to the system. He's the guy who stood up for the Garda whistleblowers who said that they were distinguished. He was the guy who directly criticised the then commissioner, Martin Callanan, for describing their actions as disgusting. That was a major moment for Leo Varadkar and for the, the, the subsequent leadership campaign where people 
well, within and outside the party, said, yeah, here's a man of, of his own mind. He didn't turn around at that time and go, well, that's not my role. You know, I'm Minister for Transport. That, that was clearly under the remit of the Minister for Justice. He had no problem intervening then. But we're now seeing that basically Leo Varadkar has been utterly captured by the system. Uh, and, and that leads one to, to, to conclude that are some of these guys particularly Varadkar and Coveney, who are now in, in government, uh, heading on for, for 11 years, are they too long inside there? Uh, and can they not tell the difference between their role as a minister and their relationship with their civil servants? I want to go back to you, Philip Ryan, um, on a couple of points. You kind of touched upon earlier the, the parallels or similarities with, with Partygate, which is still very much ongoing in the UK. And of course, we've had Boris uh, come out and apologise uh, to Parliament. Number 10 is a big department with the garden as, ext- as an extension of the office, which has been in constant use because of the role of fresh air in stopping the virus. And when I went into that garden just after six on the 20th of May 2020 to thank groups of staff before going back into my office 25 minutes later to continue working, I believed implicitly that this was a work event. Well, I I think what what happened in Downing Street and what happened with Boris Johnson is is what ignited this controversy. But the the issue at hand is is what we've discussed and what Fionn mentioned there as well is that there was around 17,000 people, these are the latest figures I could see from the Garda website, 17,000 people, more than that even, that were given fines for COVID, for breaches of COVID regulations over the course of the pandemic. And amongst those were more than 2,800 people who were given 150 euro fines for attending illegal gatherings, for gatherings, being in places they shouldn't have been, whether it was pubs or it was house parties or whatever it was, they were hit with those fines. And we don't know who these individuals are. We don't know the the, the exact details of th- those cases. But we do know that the Department of Foreign Affairs have accepted that what they did was a breach of COVID regulations. And 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 that's where where the issue lies. So th- th- like what Fionn said, is it's either the rules apply to everyone or they don't. So we need a fairness around this. What has been asked of the Irish people, asked of everybody across the globe for the last two years, has been a, a complete stripping of your, your liberties and freedoms to remain in your house, to remain two kilometres from where you live. Don't have this many people over. Don't have that people. Don't go to that shop. Don't go to that pub. Don't do this. Don't do that. Put that in your arm. You've been asked to do all this and everybody's gone along with it. And we've done it. And the government is very proud of, of um, our reaction. There's been a good response. Or, um, and all the indicators are quite good when you look at um, you know, deaths and hospitalizations and the vaccine take-up. So uh, the, the public played their part. They did, their, they did what was asked of them. And, and now it's, it, when you have an incidence like this, you, you, it makes you wonder, was everybody in power playing their part as well? Maybe it's a one-off. Maybe there's no other incidents going to come out. And that's fine. But I think the people who, who who do breach, and just like members of the public, there should always be consequences. If I could touch off just one other thing on, on the political realities of this, uh, and all this talk of the lessons learned uh, and things like that, there clearly has been no lessons learned from 
the Minister for Foreign Affairs. There, there is certainly a blind spot there um, to, to, um, to, to, to what are fair criticisms for, for some of his, uh, some of things that has transpired under his watch, the, the appointment of Catherine Zappone, um, and, and now this incident. Um, what lessons are learned? Like, like it, it, that there, was, there has been about four statements and one interview from him throughout this. The, the, it has been a drip feed of information. It has been uh, it has been far from transparent and coming forward and going out. This is what happened. It, there, there's an attitude in there, and, and people in government will tell you this that that the, the the first tactic you always try is give as little information as possible and hope the media stop asking questions and, and get distracted by something else. That that's the approach. That's that's a political strategy that they use. Um, we try our best in the media to, to ensure that doesn't happen and that, that people are transparent about what they do. The basic rule of government is never look into anything you don't have to. <laughs> and never set up an inquiry unless you know in advance what its findings will be. And what so what what will happen now? The, what happens next for him is that he goes that that the, the foreign affairs committee will meet. Uh, it is likely they will they will they will want to see this report that he has ordered his new secretary general Joe Hackett to order. They'll want to see that. And then after they see that, they will possibly or they will more than likely get in Simon Coveney and that secretary general. There will be also a discussion at the meeting about whether uh, the the former secretary general uh, Niall Burgess, the man who took the photograph, should also be called in to to address the controversy. And and um, Niall Burgess is is now an ambassador. Is that correct? He's ambassador to France and Monaco, uh, one of the most illustrious positions you can get in the diplomatic corps. Um, it, it is high up there on on the on level of prestige and and the surroundings of of even the the the, the ambassador's home over there. The ambassador's office is a forty five million euro uh, house in the middle of in the middle of Paris. So you can imagine that um, anyone who has that is in that career path um, has that high on their list of jobs they want to do. So yeah, he's over there now in the home of Champagne, of course, um, with more access to cheaper Moe, you would expect. And and he, he so far hasn't had to answer any questions on this. Fionan, what do you think is going to happen? Well, we, we can see how, how this one is going to play out based upon the department's attitude to date. I, I presume the the report that will come out will, will outline events as we already know as, as, as they occurred. Um, we're, we'll then get some some thing about, oh, well, we're extremely contrite and apologetic and here are the lessons that have been learned uh, in, into the future. But there, there is still a, a, a question uh, overhanging here and this is, this is one that the, the, uh, the, the Tanishta couldn't really address and, and that is whether this matter should be referred to on Garda Shiakana. As he said the other day, in terms of anything in relation to it being legal or not, that would obviously be a matter for the Gardaí not a matter for the government. So the the, the internal report in the Department of Foreign Affairs can certainly explain what happened and offer an opinion uh, on whether uh, this was in, in breach of COVID restrictions, but ultimately that would be up, up to the Gardaí uh, to, to respond. So it, it's it's not over yet. And yet you'd have to say um, the, the answers to date from the department have have not been been satisfactory we we saw with Simon Coveney during the Zapone affair how his political naivety kicked it all off 
We then saw his arrogance taking over where he tried to stand over his his decision. Uh, uh, we then saw the survival instincts kicking in where uh, he, you know, poor old Catherine Zabon got had to uh, ultimately um, surrender her, her, her position. Uh, and then we basically saw a more contrite minister coming out and saying he could have handled things things differently and the, the controversy was down to him. And you wonder with him, he doesn't really seem to have reached that point yet where he's actually understanding that uh, he, could, he could have handled uh, this, this situation better. I think he'll eventually get to that point. And yet again, we'll have Simon Coveney saying, oh yeah, I've learned lessons and I'm really sorry for all the damage this has caused to government. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode of the Indo Daily was presented and produced by myself, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, recorded by Gavin Hennessy with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips with thanks to independent.ie, RTE Radio 1's This Week and The News at One. And Yes Minister from the BBC, created by Anthony Jay and Jonathan Lynn. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.